0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, y'all, it's Amber.
1: And it's Ben.
0: Wait, I'm just doing the Patreon ad. Hey, folks, I just want to remind all of you that if you are loving the Amber Ben Show, dynamic content, and drunken fights, be sure to support us on Patreon. You can find our Patreon if you go to our Instagram page. It's in the bio, okay? So link in bio, or you can just go to Patreon and type in the sci fi sci. Let's shout out two new patrons. Welcome to the party, Michael and Melissa.
1: Eminem,
0: woo! These uh, uh, two people are not together or
1: anything. They're I know, people- but, but we have two people who joined us with M in their name.
0: Correct great uh and i just want to remind patrons we will be doing a book giveaway for patrons only we will be giving away the book the lesson by cadwell turnbull we will reveal the winner of the book raffle on episode 46 of the sci-fi side that's set to come out august 3rd so be sure to join our patreon before then all right let's get this party started right welcome to the sci-fi side under the Believe Podcast Network, a podcast about black science fiction, fantasy, and staying on the same page in our marriage. Today for episode 44 of the Sci-Fi Side by Side, we are going to be discussing Space Jam 2, directed by Malcolm D. Lee. I really want to emphasize that because I've definitely been getting that shit wrong, um, but I'm not completely wrong. It is like co-produced by Ryan Coogler, I think when I pronounced it um, last week. I just want to say, you know where our retractions don't don't trust us i uh if you're looking for the news
1: don't come to this don't come to
0: the sci-fi sci podcast but we did get this right it is directed by malcolm d lee um produced by ryan kugler and starring lebron james and just so you know there will be spoilers this is your big spoiler alert so if you have not seen it Uh, don't listen. Um, Anyway, before we get started, Ben, how you doing, my love?
1: I'm doing great. I went to a wedding last night. Well, a wedding after party. Yes. And We got invited
0: to the after party, which is great because you don't have to buy a gift.
1: Right. Oh, we probably still should, though.
0: If you're not invited to the wedding part, I feel like you don't have to buy a gift.
1: Okay, listeners, this question cannot be decided between me and Amber because both of us have both all of our toes in the sand because I really do believe you should buy a gift. You're saying no, so we're gonna what turn it heck? over to the listeners.
0: But it, I think you should buy a gift. Like we've planned a wedding before, so it's a it's roughly if you're in Chicago, like two hundred to four hundred dollars per plate, right? So if I didn't get invited to the wedding, but they're like we're gonna be at this bar after, come through. I bought the bride's a drink or two. I feel like, like what the fuck you want me to do? Okay. Well, we'll we we're won't not going to come to
1: an understanding on this. If you're invited to any aspect of a wedding, whether it is the, sort the of a, bar, a wedding,
0: the open bar, listen. that like pedestrians who don't know the wedding couple are at as well.
1: Yeah, because afterwards we sort of blew up their wedding suite. Remember, we, we did, but up, there was but... no
0: food in that bitch. So I had to go downstairs to the Seven Eleven. Do you know my card got declined because? Chase the Bank is not used to be making a 4 a.m. purchase at 7-Eleven.
1: First of all, there was unlimited free alcohol. Listen, listen.
0: Yeah, but when you don't have any, you know what? Okay, yes. We're going to ask the patrons this, all right? So after this episode drops, I'm going to ask the Patreon, do you have to buy a wedding gift if you were invited to one aspect of the wedding? And y'all can take a side.
1: I, so the the couple who got married, if you're listening to this, I'm going, we're going to take you out for dinner.
0: Ben, what the hell?
1: Can I we not We can, say that? we love
0: them. I fucking love them. And I love their union, but we don't have to take them out for dinner. I mean. Maybe I'm just a cheap bitch.
1: You are a cheap <laughs> bitch. And that is the lesson that we've learned today. I don't know if I need any more discussion. Like, I feel like we've deepened our marriage learning who you are.
0: Oh my god, I hate you. We're gonna sound off of the Patreon, but anyway, before we get started with today's discussion, as you know, Ben and I need our egos stroked constantly. So I do have two incredible Apple Podcast ratings to read,
1: among other things.
0: Ben, are, what are you doing right now?
1: You said we, we, we don't need have time to have stroked. sex right now, Ben. Why <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter? So you're a cheap bitch and you're a gutter bitch. <sighs>
0: Gutter Bitches Unite. Okay, let me read these podcast right now. So, uh, K. Soul I. I'm probably mispronouncing that, writes, Absolutely love you, too. I started following you guys a while back on TikTok and loved you guys. I'm usually a big fan of true crime podcasts. Oh, same. But your show is truly a game changer. Thank you for putting me on to something great. P.S. Us Georgia girls are like no other. <laughs> That's true. Peaches, we in the building. And then to step it This and then the second Apple Podcast from Shay 8214. Y'all crack me up. Found you guys on TikTok and fell in love with the videos, especially Amber singing to her plants. I love how woke Ben is and look forward to listening in every week. Love you guys. Ben, you were called woke. I I know.
1: I (laughs) I really rebel against that term being woke because I'm just maybe this is part of being woke. I really understand that I am a racist white misogynistic cis dude who has a lot of fucking work to do. Maybe that maybe maybe I'm awoke to my shittiness. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. But I whenever I hear woke, I'm like or I some- know the
0: word is cringy, but you you do have a level of uh self awareness and constantly unlearning as as I do as well. Like I do think that we should give ourselves a little bit of credit that we're trying our best to sort of I, publicly I get- be better human beings.
1: I guess it's okay if someone calls me woke. I'm okay with that. But when
0: people self-identify, yeah, as woke, that's
1: cringy. Or like, I'm just trying to be woke out here. I'm like, oh,
0: this whole conversation is what air quote woke people do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I once had a friend tell me, it's like, Ben, you're like the the true hipster. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't smoke American Spirit cigarettes, and <laughs> and I don't, you know. And then he started saying all the things that made me a hipster and I was like, Ooh, ooh. And I start and I like literally stopped doing like ten of those things.
0: Yeah, but you were drinking at like in Logan Square at the owl at like three AM last weekend. You are truly a hipster.
1: Okay. First of all, don't blow up my spot.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, your spot? You went there once, but that's but that's twice. your spot? <laughs>
1: twice twice.
0: Twice in the same night, though. Probably, twice. like, stepped outside and then stepped back in. That's not going there twice.
1: Okay. Also, that experience, I went with a friend uh, who is a-, a woman, and we were, like, talking, just catching up. Uh, this person was in our wedding, great, great human, uh, and I leave to go to the bathroom for, like, a second, and the dicks just swooped in, like, immediately. Hit on her, yeah. It was, oh. And then at one point... Uh, there was she was, feeling it or not? Oh, no, was she
0: being like harassed?
1: No, I mean th- th- it wasn't like annoying. But at one point, she like leans over, she's like, "Save me!" And I like, I was like, "Okay." And so I I did an attempt of saving, which was rapping, as I was talking to someone else. So I wrapped her into this conversation. Oh God! I
0: was like rapping. Yeah, yeah. I was rapping. <laughs> I was spitting. I was spitting rhymes. She's like, "Save me!" And, and uh, bust out of the first And hour. then
1: afterwards, she's like, "Okay, like." like if we're gonna go to a 4 a.m bar you have to work on your saving uh actions and I was like oh I didn't know that so this is a really dear friend of mine who uh like I, I like I like having friends who call me on my like dumb shit and so this friend will just say when I'm being an idiot and I love her yeah she's fantastic and so I was like okay and it it was it was really good to to have an awareness of like what does it mean to save someone, and I I was telling you the story, yes. Amber, and you're like, oh yeah, like you you do this thing, you like stand up, you like drag the person, you, you just you, you know how to save people. Sometimes don't pick
0: on the social, you don't pick up on the social cues. Like remember that one person that I didn't like at my job. And so we saw them at a wedding and I tried to give them a casual like, hey, like, you know, a wiggle of the fingers like, hey, you're over there. I'm over here. And then you went over there and hugged her. So I was like, yeah, now I got to go over here. And
1: I guess like the white liberal in me believes like, why can't we all just be friends? No,
0: because I told you we was beefing at work and I was trying to curb her ass and you just went over there. Hey, I was like, Ben. Follow yeah. the G-code. There's like an unspoken G-code. I code. know.
1: I'm, I'm working, on, working it. on it. You're we'll working there. on it. we there. I'm working on it. I have really good trainers. I have you as a trainer. I have my friends. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: you'll get there. You got to learn how to be like a wingman. Um, none of this has anything to do with Space Jam 2. So do you want to get into it, baby?
1: Yeah. So you know what? That opening scene in the first one where yes, MJ- Yes, because we watched the original Space yeah, Jam Yeah, we watched yeah, the original- And I sort of had that original one as, like, my mantra when I was playing basketball. Your mantra? Yeah. You know where he's just, like, one more shot, one more shot. Mm -hmm. And I would stay awake. His dad's like, shoot till you miss. Yeah. I would just stay awake all night learning to play basketball. And when I would go back in, if it was getting cold, like, say, October or whatever, I just remember that scene where MJ turns around and, like, goes to the court to, like, slam dunk. And I was like, okay, if I want to be as good as MJ... I need to have that level of discipline. And that movie really instilled a lot of discipline in me.
0: The first Space Jam? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, for sure. It was so good. I mean, it was a cultural phenomenon. And so watching the second one, of course, we're going to go fully into the second one. But watching the first one taught me that the storyline isn't that strong. But what is strong is the voice actors that they chose and the soundtrack. The Space Jam soundtrack was revolutionary. Because, you know, sadly, Robert Sylvester Kelly, R. Kelly, was on that first soundtrack. But I mean, you know, despite his crimes and him being a complete monster, that soundtrack was like purchased mostly in part because of him and Seal and all of the other great you know, artists that were on that first soundtrack. But we definitely had that Space Jam soundtrack and played, I believe I Can Fly, like literally for everything. Like every graduation, on the car rides to school and shit. So I think that is what lengthened the shelf life of the first Space Jam. Didn't
1: Seal just recently do some dumb shit though?
0: Seal? You know? Not to my knowledge. Oh, okay. He was married to Heidi Klum for a while and they're they're divorced now. But Who, Who's that? He- Who is Heidi Klum?
1: Yeah. Oof
0: um okay so Heidi Klum you know she uh like led Project Runway she was like a model okay but she's like yep you, either you're, you're, in, yep, oh, you're yeah, ringing I'll... all the
1: bells I know exactly who she is now
0: yeah she's a big yep. household name I don't it's, it's actually know. pretty hilarious you don't, don't know I don't, her don't, but yeah I... the first Space Jam um iconic but when I really sit with it I'm like oh this soundtrack was evolutionary so i just want to say that before we get started
1: there was also that one scene that i finally picked up on where they show like michael jordan in chains like a like literally like as a it was, slave it was, sad. It was like, this yeah, is it pretty was, triggering it was effective that they sort of level up the bet mj sort of towards the end of the movie says you know if you win you give my friends their powers back and if you if the you know the goon squad wins then you get to keep me as a slave and you know wherever i was like damn that is yeah
0: no the stakes were high and also like i don't want to really hear a lot of shit about like there were so many cameos in the new legacy one because there were hella cameos in the old one like obviously like charles barkley patrick ewing like Muggsy or whatever his name is bill fucking murray larry bird it was so there were so- no women no women though. no women at all there were so 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 many cameos of people back then so you know that that's not a good argument okay let's talk about the new one so we decided to do this one a little bit of background originally terrence nance who did uh an oversimplification of her beauty which we reviewed was uh slated to be director for this project he left the project in which makes zero
1: fucking sense the man does like art house films
0: yeah no i actually think it was like like, sometimes it's like, ooh, let the tea spill. But this one, I, no shade, but I think Terrence Nance did need to sit down because he would have bitten off more than he could chew trying to do the new Space Jam Legacy. Whereas Malcolm D. Lee does do box office hits. Like, Girl's Trip was a fucking smash hit. Um, So Malcolm D. Lee was his replacement. And, uh, yeah, so Terrence Nance left the project for creative differences. And also, I want to say about this, Uh, LeBron James, LeBron James has proven himself as an actor uh, when he did Trainwreck. Like he has an IMDb page Um, and he does a little like, you know, that show he has on HBO, I think called The Shop, where he does that Mm -hmm. barbershop talk. Like he does a lot of executive producer stuff. You know, he started a school recently. So I think he was like the perfect. He has a personality. He's a big, huge personality. You know, I don't even watch basketball, but King James is like a whole movement. So I think they were really smart and intentional choosing him to be the lead of the film. You know, the and big, he's a better actor than michael jordan yeah. I, it just is what the fuck it is
1: oh my gosh he, when he goes to harry potter world and the new one and he turns into a hufflepuff and he is legitimately like happy at one point he turns into a pirate and like he does some like really great facial expressions so huge fan of lebron james also biggest disappointment of Trainwreck is john cena and lebron james are both in that film and they should have like had a scene when when they make out because there's like i feel like they could have you know
0: i mean i didn't watch all the train wreck oh it's so good
1: I, it. I feel like they could have elevated i i <laughs> i feel like john cena and lebron james should have been a thing in train wreck that's the biggest disappointment watch that movie again tell me there's yeah okay there's, I, I will go see it that I is mean, a I queer reading would, of the film right here
0: yeah but i wouldn't want it to be just like a parody you know how terry cruz does like a parody of like i'm secretly the gay man and in so many movies I don't know. I don't know. I I don't think it would have helped representation-wise for them to do like a fake relationship thing. Well, I just felt like they were,
1: maybe. I just felt like they would have been a good couple. Anyway, all right, maybe not.
0: Okay, why don't you talk about what the film is actually about, and then we'll get into first impressions.
1: Okay, so the film is about LeBron James being pitched this idea of a video game. And he decides to say like, no, this video game is stupid. Unbeknownst to him, the video game is designed by this guy named Al G Rhythm and Al Rhythm is like fuck you LeBron but doesn't say that in the film and decides to take LeBron's kid his young son into the virtual world unbeknownst to LeBron because LeBron is unbeknownst unbeknownst (laughs) spitting Shakespeare unbeknownst to LeBron because he's sort of like this is how things should be Uh, his son Dom is like very much into video games. Wants to, you know, make video games. Doesn't really want to play basketball. And LeBron is like, no, son, you got to play basketball. You're going to basketball camp instead of computer camp. So, you know, when Algy Rhythm sucks and Dom into this virtual world, Dom's sort of like, this is fucking awesome. He also sucks LeBron James into this world as well, and basically tells LeBron after hiding Dom away. That, you know, you have to play me in a basketball game. And if you lose, I'm going to keep you in this virtual world forever.
0: Yeah, very similar to Danny DeVito's character, Mr. Schwackhammer, or something in the first one. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And so they sort of, um, LeBron has to go and find his basketball team. And the Warner Brother universe and this is sort of the first time like where warner brothers has been like we have a warner brother universe (laughs) yeah this whole
0: movie kind of felt like uh if the creators like if the head dick at disney and the head dick at warner brothers sat down and they were just like arguing over a a cocktail or like a scotch and disney's like i mean what can i say like i do this shit well and warner brothers is like "Uh, uh, i have a resume too yeah. It, like, like it felt very that it's like, you'll see, you'll all see. And then enter Space Jam 2, a new legacy.
1: Yeah. First impression. What what what'd you think? Like right off the bat.
0: So Kiki Palmer voice. I hate to say this. I hope it don't sound ridiculous, but I really enjoyed Space Jam 2. Uh, it, I, I will be honest. It was riddled with ads. But there's this uh, really funny tweet about it. I'm gonna find it somewhere around here that was like, this movie is made for kids, not y'all's 30 year old asses. And so I, I remember watching it and some parts were really, really effective. We're going to go into some of the themes later. Some of the parts were really effective. The Looney Tunes were more loony in this, which I really enjoyed. Um, And they, they sort of played basketball in this like no holds bar way. Um, Warner Brothers is not Disney, I'll say that much, but I will. I genuinely enjoyed the movie. The jokes were funny. Like, I found myself laughing more in this one than I did in the original Space Jam. Um, so, yeah, what were your first impressions?
1: Well, you know, I kept on telling you, Amber, that this movie was going to be like the dumbest shit ever. Yes, I heard you there did. was like a 200. 200- ad um brand sort of deals like 200 brand deals that went into the making of this film I was like this is going to be just one long fucking commercial and like you Amber I hate to say it but I really enjoyed this film and the setup they really did a, a really fantastic job because for me it was very personal because me and my dad have a very great relationship but we are very different in some ways. And what my dad probably wanted me to do in life is not what I'm doing. And my dad has sort of had to come to terms with that. And that's sort of the setup of the main conflict, right? You have the one conflict between Rhythm, who's this evil, you know, algorithm, who's trying to, you know, take over the world or whatever. And then you have the conflict, the more intimate personal conflict between LeBron James and his son, Dom, about you know how should you spend your time and it's they do this setup really well like lebron james is like playing video games as a kid as a kid uh with uh what's that guy's name um the coach
0: i know he plays like julius and remember the titans uh, We'll find his name
1: yeah yeah he he's great actor but you know, LeBron James is like playing video games, and he has to, as a kid, has to give up playing video games to be really disciplined. And so sort of, he sort of tries to throw that onto his son to do that as well. Also, LeBron James's house at the beginning of the film looks like a superstar's house.
0: I know, whereas in the original Space Jam, Michael Jordan had like a two-story colonial-style flat and and just had regular neighbors that would drive by and honk at him. Fucking, Um, like,
1: the suburbs of Chicago. Right,
0: whereas LeBron shit is, like, you know, a $20 million home. Yeah. And I was like, this actually feels a lot more accurate.
1: I I loved it.
0: Um, Like I said before, LeBron James uh, is just a better actor as well than Michael Jordan. We love Mike. We love Mike. Um, But... LeBron has a little bit of range. So we read this article by um, David Sims. He is an, a writer uh, for The Atlantic, and he talked about how LeBron James we'll, – we'll post it in the link. Um, if you have a Atlantic subscription, we'll like, put that there. But um, he talked about how LeBron James is a better actor and how LeBron James – basically play like the straight man in this if you're not super familiar with like comedy tropes and things like that uh in our dynamic on tiktok even ben sort of sometimes plays the straight man like so there's one not sexually straight but like there's one person that plays like regular regular, vanilla person and then there's one like kooky character or whatever we need
1: to come up with a better term for that Uh, just in the comedy world yeah or like Like, jason bateman is like the a man. professional
0: the straight man yeah. character and then there's like uh, until like Ozark and shit like that but that that's sort of his whole shtick or like what's his fucking name Adam Scott he's sort of like uh, you know Leslie Nope and everything else going around me is chaotic so LeBron James definitely plays like the I'm the only one with sense everyone else around me is loony um, but then there were times where LeBron James is sort of going away from trying to like hammer the fundamentals into his son and then be kooky and that kind of Was fine. You know, it was it was competent, like the article says. Um, Also, there was this one quote from David Sims that we're kind of just like sitting with here. He says, ironically, in the film, James's character spends much of his time championing the value of basketball fundamentals. The idea that practice and hard work matter more than showboating on the court. It's not a lesson. The movie he's in seems to have learned.
1: That sort of misses the point. The point of the movie is to sh- is to like be goofy and almost a showboat.
0: Yeah, and to be yourself.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. They didn't really. I mean, he does push like fundamentals. You should do this. You should do that. But yeah, that wasn't really the uh, the tension. The tension came from like you should be disciplined and hardworking. And do all your fun- fundamentals, or. And you should be goofy and have fun and be silly. And sometimes a three-pointer doesn't give you three points. Sometimes a three-pointer with style gives you like, you know, a million points. which, Which I love. Which one of my favorite parts is when they actually start playing the basketball game in the original You have like a two pointer, a three pointer, and then they do goofy stuff. But here, the way the scoring worked is that you got extra points based on like skills, or based on you know, flair, sound, presentation, or like like, if you got if you were when Granny gets like a point, she gets like a senior discount, and she got extra points for making her basket because that was so creative. It was so fucking cool. I loved that aspect of it.
0: Um uh some other things I loved. I know if you if you hated it I'm sorry but if you I think I could see kids loving this freaking movie. Like all of the new tech, because something different had to be done. Like you can't just like Space Jam was a cultural phenomenon. So it had to be done differently. So it needed the animation. And because I know your big stink was like, why is this in 3D? Why was this in 3D? And it didn't start in 3D. It was like the regular cartoon character and then the 3D transformation. I was like, that's actually what this needed. It needed to upgrade.
1: Well, and the thing that attracted me to that is that the tunes hate being in 3D. Being yes. in 3D was a punishment that Al G Rhythm puts on them before the game. They're like, "You need an upgrade, Looney Tunes," and so turns all of them in 3D. And Bugs Bunny's like, "What the fuck is this?" Which is a lot of animators. I, I really listen to. I love listening to a podcast called Imaginary Worlds, and the man who runs it is an animator, and he talks a lot about like hand-drawn animation as being like. A much more intimate um, style, and also a style that doesn't age in the same way. Like, go back and watch the first Toy Story; it's fucking garbage. Go back and yeah, it's it's so choppy that the Pixar Toy Story, the first Toy Story. But then go back and watch like Cinderella or some of those those older like Disney films that are hand drawn. They still fucking hold up. Yeah, like Roger Rabbit. Yeah,
0: the way that the first Space Jam 2D cartoon characters are drawn is markedly better than the cartoon version of this. That now, the 3D true. element is cool of this, but the, the Looney Tune version of this, where they're just like... You know, two D is like not not the T. I
1: did I did like it. I mean, I I liked that two D aspect of it.
0: I like that two D aspect, but I liked the old stylistic way. Agreed. Uh, can I just run fire off on some things that I loved? One, LeBron James wore a do rag to sleep. I got my whole fucking life um, when that happened. Now I would have shit myself if his wife put on a bonnet as well. But you know, we're not there yet. (laughs) We we are but but Hollywood is slowly taking notes about like, wow, black people need to be black in films, noted. Or maybe just black directors are noticing that. That's one. Two, I thought it was fucking hilarious when uh what the fucking Sylvester the cat was like, I found Michael Jordan, y'all, twenty five years and out walks Michael B. Jordan like that's just fucking funny. Like I laughed. It was good. And Michael B Jordan is nice to see always on film. Uh
1: but he's not a great actor, but he Michael B Jordan? Yeah, he's not very good.
0: I, er? is I that, mean, I've never like is that a controversial I, I, I think opinion? so. Well, he's uh, been I mean, acting he's, a really long time.
1: Yeah. I you mean, didn't enjoy
0: him in like even like Hardball? You don't enjoy him in anything?
1: I mean, he is a handsome person. To look at as you said and like what are
0: you what are you
1: acc- like
0: crediting like, this to like know, killmonger because hey, that's that's written for him
1: hey auntie i don't know i like it seemed a little I like, bit oh well uh, that cartoonish. it
0: wasn't for you hey auntie wasn't for you like, i mean that's what that that's it
1: yeah okay i yeah i get like where it was coming from it just seemed his villainy seemed a little bit too cartoonish in black panther we're not talking about black panther now okay but um yeah i'm not
0: I mean, I don't think he's fucking Denzel, but hmm, who are his contemporaries? Maybe like what's that guy's name? Anthony Mack? Maybe. Yeah, he's Anthony, in like Synchronic. I think he's a, a better actor than a Michael great B. Jordan. Actor,
1: and he has a huge range to like, like the the dark, disturbing, like yeah. noir cop in Altered Carbon. To you know, like what about like, the like Goofy Fruitvale sidekick? Station? Uh, I haven't seen that.
0: Okay, well, I, I think I, I do think. Michael B. Jordan has a more limited range. He's, like, always going to be, like, black hottie or villain or something. But I, I we can have a larger conversation about that. Let's talk about more things I love. Uh, I love a, a thriving, nerdy black child. Like, it, it warmed my heart so much that this kid didn't want to play basketball and wanted to, like, do robotics and stuff like we we just came off of watching slight um where the black kid was an engineer so i'm loving this new wave of like black nerds in uh, cinema um as opposed to just like ballers and shot callers yeah
1: and black people have been engineering shit period didn't you like the first person that made the cartridge video game was a black was
0: a black man it's like channel f or something Mm -hmm. am i way off
1: yeah uh i I, I, that that sounds right. We, we'll put, uh, I think Wire did a really great article. We'll put that in there. But his story is awesome. Yeah, um, and he never
0: got the credit. And there would be like no Nintendo, Atari, and, and yeah. all the games I mean, without it was, that black man.
1: It was a huge idea to take a video game system and the idea of taking a separate cartridge so you can design a cartridge to play in that system. Well, at that time, everything was, you build a huge arcade set. You play one game on one Computer system, so yeah, huge, huge idea
0: um some other things that I really really love uh or some something no these are kind of like meh uh, as a voice actor, the bugs bunny voice was way off i I was really trying with Bugs, but that's such an iconic character. I feel like they could have vetted more people to be the voice of Bugs because we had just watched the original Space Jam. So I remember thinking, like, pause. Is this guy dead or something? Or did he just not want to be a part of the project? And I found out the original Bugs, like, in the first Space Jam, he's not dead. So I'm kind of like, well, maybe he's just old as fuck. So you would have heard, like, the raspiness or whatever. But the voice was off.
1: Sort of like when Idris Elba does, you know, like, a Baltimore accent. You're like okay, it's uh, it's almost there, there, but it's not. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know. And then he, there are some words he just slips into his, you know, English accent, and you're like, ooh, ooh,
0: yeah. Like I I got used to it, but I remember thinking because you know they didn't use the same Lola Bunny because zendaya is this new lola bunny but it still worked but something about bugs was just like this is way off or you were saying i was like daffy sounds good you're like everybody can do daffy
1: yeah every middle schooler there's always that goofy middle schooler who can do a great daffy
0: yeah yeah Yeah, but oh bugs was off and lastly the soundtrack was lacking for me i remember thinking like where's the breakout you know i believe i can fly song it's not there yet um maybe because it just came out but i remember black panther yeah immediately being like this soundtrack is about to be the summer jam and it was Whereas space jam 2 soundtrack is not that like where in the original the soundtrack carried the first movie
1: also whenever i hear kirk franklin's voice right now it's just overpowered by him <laughs> cussing out his son like i'm really it, i'm it's sad right But.
0: God, it's
1: like this is a man the, you remember the New Nation project. I no, to that album, like over and over again as a kid. Uh, I love that album, and he was such oh, like was a that, godly oh, Christian called, man. Yeah. And to hear him leave, you know, have that conversation with
0: yeah, this is old T, but it was still kind of funny. It was like, oh, oh my god, I
1: know. And then, then get <laughs> him popping up at the end of Space Jam 2 A New Legacy, You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, you have a new legacy, Kirk Franklin. As I know, like, especially pastor. this movie was
0: all about like a father son bond. Damn, <laughs> to hear Kirk's <laughs> voice, it's like, Kirk, did you record this pre or post cussing at your oldest child?
1: Uh, but you know, you told me his oldest child was sort of a dick. Yeah, yeah, oh this, for sure, for this, sure, like isolated himself from the entire rest of the Yeah,
0: family. no, Kirk Franklin is in no way canceled. I'm not blaming him for that. Uh, let's take a quick break. Hey, y'all. It's Amber here reminding you to not cuss out your children, but buy and shop Rome Loud instead. You can buy leggings. You can buy water bottles, tops, whatever you need from Rome Loud. You can shop Rome Loud and use the promo code Hot Mess 15 I just showed off my new Malenkae set when I recorded our really fun Space Jam plant song video. So feel free to check out RoamLoud.com, use the promo code Hot Mess 15 for 15% off. Let's get back to the show. Okay, let's get into some deeper situations here. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So Amber and I read a book. Uh, you could go back and check out the episode. The book was called... Um, the Dark Fantastic. The Dark Fantastic. And I, we love that book. But in that book, they talk about the imagination gap Uh, in education, we talk about achievement gap. We talk about the socioeconomic gap, but in this book is the imagination gap. And one of her main ideas in this uh, story is in, in sorry, in this, uh, you know, uh, ethnography, I would call it from the dark fantastic is that black children, because they don't see themselves in fantastic literature, oftentimes struggle to imagine themselves in other worlds and other times. And sort of this sort of did a really good job job of showing that because LeBron James was like, work, work, you know, no imagination, no time to play Game Boy, no time to just chill and be goofy and loony. Uh, it's all discipline, all hard work.
0: Yeah, like black people don't get to be loony. And this movie completely shedded that. And that's why I enjoyed the film. Like I we could have spent a little bit more time there. Um but all these people saying, like, this is not like the original. This is not like the original. I was like, well, what really big takeaway did we have from the original Space Jam? Michael Jordan's the GOAT. And this takeaway, it was like, wow, a black kid can want to be an engineer, and that's cool as fuck. He made his own, because in his engineering, he still felt, found inspiration to incorporate, like, basketball and and elements of his family. So that that is way more important to me than motherfucking Martians and the mind stars.
1: It's also a personal to you, right? Because oh, you, you were like, I got to go to college and study journalism. But you were like, you were hanging out with theater kids because ultimately that's what you wanted. And you, you know, after college you went and taught because you thought, you know, I need to have a job with a pension. And then you're like, fuck this. Like I want to, be imaginative. I want to do my own thing. Like you had to come into that terms on your own where a lot of people don't get to have that awakening. They just stay in the job, the even though they're creatives and they're imaginative. And I think even more so with black folk is something that we've we've talked about. Good thing that you married a teacher and you're on my healthcare and so <laughs> get to go live your life.
0: That's why I also want people to acknowledge how helpful this is for black children this movie I'm saying like think about if you were like a black nerd child that saw this film like this film can sort of feel like vindication for you and because the big takeaway of this is like parents stop putting so much on your kids like let them be themselves they will find their way back to you and that's really personal for me right
1: (laughs) find your way back
0: thank you Ben That's really personal for me right now, because as you know, I've been going back and forth with my mama about some of the content that I create and how she uh, disapproves of some of the things I say, but she'll try to play it for laughs. She'll be like, stop cussing Ben out. Don't say words like this, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like this movie felt like vindication for me. It's like, no, like, let your child have fun. Let your child be loony. Trust the process because your kid will find their way back to you. Because even at the very end of the movie, he, uh, LeBron James, LeBron James. I just feel like I always got to say his name with some sauce on it. At the end of the movie, LeBron James uh, takes his kid to engineering camp, and this kid thought they were going to basketball camp, so he has this basketball in his hands, and he was like, "Toss me the ball." Like you don't need this anymore. And and Dom was like, "I think I'll hold on to it." Like there was something about that moment that felt very personal to me and what I'm going through with my mother right now.
1: Yeah, that was never a struggle with me in my family. I just (sighs) said, fuck y'all. You're white, Ben. I'm I'm going to do the shit I want. (laughs) I know that's, that's a big part of it. There has
0: to have been a time where your parents were like, I don't know, where you made the conscious choice to see your parents as like man and woman versus like you're my parents anymore. Not like man and woman, but you're like, you are just a person that had me.
1: Yeah, there was a moment when they stopped becoming gods, you know. Yes,
0: yes. Where I'm still slowly like, like I feel like I am am hacking at that umbilical cord, <laughs> at that umbilical cord, but it's not completely tethered. So it's like I love my mom, I respect my mom, but at what point it's like I, I don't want to say like fuck you to her, but I'm like, stop commenting on this shit before I block you. You know, I told her this week I was like, if I need to block you on social media, that day is coming, and she's like, you can never block me. So yeah. Try me. <laughs> that, that's what that deep try, try me. <laughs> I I I really want this podcast to be visual one day so people can see the face you just made with that. So that's one of the themes of the movie that I personally really enjoyed. I was like, this is good. Fuck, I believe I can fly. Like this has some really deeper meaning and impact. Love it.
1: Let's talk about inclusivity. Because there are women basketball players in this film that make cameos, which was really fantastic. And uh, (laughs) Amber and I have talked about this before. But um, when uh, white animators draw black people, sometimes they look a little pasty. or. Uh, Fuck yeah. We have a... um... (laughs) You don't want me to say that? No, please don't. Well,
0: somebody drew me, and I have a huge pushy and ashy gray skin, uh, but I love yeah. that person. That's I mean, hot. yeah, sometimes like, they, they people, drew like, drawing
1: black people, it doesn't show up, or even uh, taking, like, pictures, like, some cameras are not designed yeah. to capture black skin. Oh, my God, whenever we take white, a picture, either yeah.
0: I look incredible, and you look pasty, or you look incredible, and I'm in the shadows. Well, no,
1: the, it's a thing, like, cameras were, were not designed to capture, like you know skin tones that had more melanin in it you know like the first cameras were designed for white folk you know and, and this is just how racism seeps into literally everything so you you know you talked a little bit about how one of the black like very few black animators in hollywood right i didn't uh, talk
0: about it yeah, yeah you should talk about it now yeah
1: yeah yeah no go, yeah go for it i mean you you brought it up to me but yeah go ahead T- talk a little bit about that
0: Nothing big. It's just not nothing big. Um, I I said that to say, like, this isn't going to be a long comment. But I I took this from an article that I will post uh, because there's this huge debate and dialogue right now about how is Hollywood like getting the hint about racism and diversity? Like, are they finally taking the notes? I don't know. Um, But this article said, It was also notable for having it as in Space Jam, a new legacy. It was notable for having an animation co-director, Bruce W. Smith, who was one of the few black animators working in Hollywood, something that is depressingly still the case, Uh, Bruce W. Smith says, I realize that our animation business is probably made up of three to 5% African-Americans, said Smith, who also created Disney's pioneering black cartoon series, the proud family iconic. Uh, So this black animator was also put on this project as well. There was a lot of big names with this project. So I really think, you know, people can shit on this movie all they want, but the reality is this movie paid more black people and you know a lot of ads but this movie had a lot red of red
1: vines right those red vines yeah talk down. about the red vines real quick because i love that. red vines because you can like you know take them off you can either chew like to knock bite off into twizzlers. them they're twizzlers yeah but you can actually peel them yeah there's the ones that you can peel yeah and you get like one oh and they got more of a cherry taste to them and less of a strawberry oh, I love yeah their,
0: their sales probably Robert, went up this week yeah. but all i'm saying is People can criticize Space Jam A New Legacy, but at the end of the day, a lot of black people were paid for their creativity, not just black actors in front of the camera, not just LeBron James, already rich. I'm talking like black animators, black directors and black songwriters that were in charge of this. So I'm excited for that, that new wave happening.
1: Well, that's sort of the discussion that I hear time and time again when we do research for this podcast is that should... Black creatives just say fuck Hollywood and create their own shit, like, like without Black
0: Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's happened before with like UPN and I don't know early BET. Well, that's
1: that's still Hollywood. I'm talking right. about Terrence Nance being like fuck this. I'm gonna make a film called An Oversimplification of of Her Beauty, I think, and do all the animation on my own, do all the filming on my own. Like I'm talking indie films that you record. On your iTunes, on your you know uh, iPhone camera, right? I'm talking about that kind of stuff. Talking about um, awkward black girl, uh, talking about Mm -hmm. doing like moving in that direction and not using mainstream or um, even uh, you know Boondocks. Perfect example. The guy was like, you know, uh, Aaron Aaron McGruder, mm -hmm. was like, "Fuck y'all, I'm gonna do my own animation and do what I fucking want to." And you know, one of my favorite stories is the creator of um Cannon Buster and, and Yasuke, uh, what, what Lashawn Thomas Lashawn Thomas learned from Aaron McGruder and at one time told you know Aaron uh, you know you can't talk to white people like that i guess they were in like a business meeting with a bunch of white folk and Aaron McGruder was like no I'm my own boss. I do my own shit. And that had a huge impact on Leshawn Thomas being like, okay, I'm going to move to Japan, do my own animation studio, kick it to Netflix or whoever will will distribute it. And I wonder if that's going to be the future of a lot of creatives who are not getting the attention from major companies.
0: You know, the other day we were looking at this uh, Twitter thread where this guy was saying, like, this is the first generation of men. uh, This is like heterosexual couples. This is the first generation of men who have to work a little bit harder because we are the generation that... um, that doesn't require a man to do the thing. Right. So in the past, like my grandma's generation, like my grandma was not allowed to get a job. Both of my grandmas, you had to marry a man. You you were not allowed to open a bank account, buy a house, all of these things. So you kind of had to put up with like ain't shit dudes and, and dudes took advantage of the market. Dudes. Is, I'm not even talking generally like both of my grandpas cheated on my grandmothers. One of my grandpas domestically abused my grandmother for years they later divorced blah 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 but this is the first generation of
1: my grandfather too like the second week of on my mom's side second week of their marriage he was like out cheating and my grandma did not have a choice right right? because she couldn't open a bank account what
0: am i supposed to do right so this is the first generation where women are completely self-sustaining and don't have to like because of literal institutional sexism have to rely on men in in the same wave this is sort of the first generation of black creators that don't have to just beg and knock on these white doors of like please 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 read my script please 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 take this like you're starting to see people say like I'm Ava DuVernay, I want to tell the story I'm Shonda Rhimes, you know, they stiffed her for years, and now she just booked like a three million, three hundred million dollar Netflix deal, Shondaland is a thing so this, I'm so 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 excited and grateful for this wave of black creators that is like, I don't have to suck up to what fucking Harvey Weinstein whose name is Soiled anyway or Tarantino, I don't have to wait in line for Scorsese to read this script I can go make my own shit, I can direct it I can, and, and, and we talk shit about him, but I'm gonna say it, Tyler Perry Will will let you film in his studios and hire you, and we are seeing the first wave of like fully black projects being created and represented, and not needing the backing of some of these like bigger white companies. You know, Spike Lee definitely is like we're we're standing on the shoulders of those creators, but we're seeing Barry Jenkins, you know, winning Oscars and and having. Black teams, and it's exciting.
1: I, I keep on thinking fire Literary Magazine, which is a Black science fiction speculative-run magazine that only publishes Black creatives and Black writers because there was a report that showed... Uh, an embarrassing report that showed that science fiction fantasy magazines were not publishing black writers simply and and there were not black editors like even worse really really embarrassing report that came out i'll I'll put it in the show notes and so these creatives uh, i think um p jelly clark and a few others uh were like okay let's just make our own magazine our own and yeah and push it out there and the resources are there for now because of al gore's internet
0: right And because of like, you know, back in the day, like Jimmy Baldwin and Zora Neale Hurston would try to do sort of like ciphers like that. And so now these projects can be completely like produced and disseminated without having to have like the white man sitting on your shoulder, as Toni Morrison would say. Oh,
1: that's a good like how it's almost gone cyclical. Right. So there's um, I was talking uh, to my friend Aaron from uh, from grad school and we talked about this were black baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Negro Leagues were literally self-sustaining. They were run by black people. The coaches were black. The people sh- selling hot dogs were black. And so when the those leagues were destroyed, sure, the baseball players came over, but you you missed the hot dog stands. You missed the people who were, you know... Yeah, the culture like, of the it culture all. The culture of it was was destroyed, and they just took yeah. the black baseball players. and like And we celebrate Jackie Robinson... And we elevate that, but the the question remains: Was that good for for black cultures to destroy black baseball?
0: And can I say something else about that? Um, because I've been, you know, down a wormhole about uh, baseball, and you know, like Stephen A. Smith, he's like that black reporter, and he puts his foot in his mouth sometimes, but he really put his foot in his mouth now because there's this like Japanese like baseball player who is like at the top of his game, right? He's like the the second coming of Babe Ruth, but he doesn't speak English. He needs an interpreter, but you don't need to speak English to understand baseball. Right. And so yeah. Stephen A. Smith was a fucking asshole. And he says something to the effect of like, you know, he could be a great baseball player. But like the fact that he doesn't speak English makes this sport less marketable. Like it just does it. We're already losing younger viewers, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're just spewing this rhetoric that that white people have spewed for years like this is a great idea but like your whole look is not marketable your whole look is unlikable and it's just like well the funny thing is you don't need this look for me to be the writer like it's like what is this idea that you're making up that this won't be marketable to who because we saw black panther was one of the highest grossing films so what is this like just made up narrative that people won't be interested in this because you're not
1: also the guy's just fucking ignorant. A I mean baseball is idiot. just a dumbass sport to begin with. Okay.
0: Well, I'm right. not saying all that, like, but I'm just saying baseball is played globally in right. so many like so you there are so many Japanese Dominican viewers, players. Right. I, I just don't understand how people can just like like just Pausation, because something
1: correlation type of just bullshit. because something is
0: in your bubble or you don't under like I don't want to hear baseball players talking anyway yeah <laughs> no shade like i've never heard a baseball player say something i'm like huh let me go sit with that you don't need to speak english <laughs> to play fucking baseball anyway uh that's that the last thing i want to talk about really quickly ben before we get into some size is uh some lola bunny controversy have you heard about this
1: oh she doesn't have tits in the yeah. new one
0: so so people so Sorry the original
1: for the crassness of it
0: Titties, but titties sorry oh sorry
1: she does not have titties <laughs> in the new oh one God.
0: so there's been a lot of hot gas uh because the original lola bunny was very sexualized um but i will say i i liked both lola bunnies i'll be honest about that because the original lola bunny sort of used this like distraction of her breasts and her booty and damsel in distress and then was a fucking boss basketball player on the court uh, and so that's
1: fem- feminism third I think wave you, feminism you were, saying very, we we're watching it
0: very dolly parton it's like you're gonna you can joke about my huge fake tits and my blonde hair but i'm playing bitch. a fucking pan flute singing and i'm a, a fucking goddess and and Do- Lee Parton is the goat, and so I think that I was fine with the original Lola Bunny for that reason. I mean, we definitely saw the original Space Jam, and Bugs Bunny became like of a physical erection. Which I remember didn't. that I was like, I Ooh. did not,
1: I did not pick up that when my you know prepubescent self watched Space Jam. But literally, there's that metaphor where Bugs Bunny does Got, like, get stiff. a hard on, gets a stiffy, as I used to say as a middle schooler
0: it's just stiffy and then um in this new space jam 2 when your
1: blood fills with penis No, your penis fills with blood oh
0: my god you're still drunk from last night i'm
1: still drunk from this wedding (laughs) last night
0: there's this part in space jam 2 so she's got a new uniform where she's completely not covered which is whatever i don't care i I actually sort of hate the new tune squad uniforms they're a little busy for me but whatever it's fine if she wants to like you know let her neckline is not plunging anymore in this new one. Fine, uh, but there's this really cool part where you know Bugs has to go collect all the Looney Tunes because he's they've all left the tune world, uh, and we learn that Lola Bunny is like a glamazon, not a glamazon, an Amazon. Uh, glamazon you, you know too. it, you know, yeah. you know it. The Wonder Woman. Explain this.
1: And how effective that was. Yeah, so she is on the island where Wonder Woman is from. And she is requiring to do, like, all the tasks to officially become an Amazon. And that scene was awesome. It also made me want to watch the new Wonder Woman movie. Oh, yeah.
0: Warner Brothers knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I really, really enjoyed that. And the animation was done in a very, like, um, think- Uh, Bruce, Tim, Paul, Denny, Batman series, 1990s, Superman, like very comic-esque, and it was really fucking cool. The action sequences were awesome, and I I was really digging that scene.
0: And like, again, going back to this whole third wave thing, at the end of the fucking day, Lola Bunny is the best basketball player on the Toon Squad. So I really loved Bugs being like, well, there is one legit basketball player we have, and it's Lola Bunny, so... I'm not pressed that Lola Bunny has boobs or has not uh, because she's a fucking beast on the court. Want to get into the size, baby?
1: Yeah, all right, some size for this film. I hated how much of the film took place on the basketball court and specifically, they had all these extras from the Warner Brother universe, so like <laughs> Batman and It, and they were extras, but actual humans dressed up in these costumes, and they looked fucking terrible. You didn't
0: like the Mad Max characters? Oh my as, god! As fans?
1: Oh yeah, and they like literally show s- cut scenes from Mad Max, the actual movie. They, that They like great splice though. scenes from The Matrix. I mean, sure, yes.
0: You didn't like the like Austin Powers cuts and stuff? I kind of liked that.
1: I guess. I mean, it literally felt like a commercial. I oh yeah, it. Warner
0: I, Brother was like, "Let me tell you who the fuck I am and how many movies I made." Disney and Disney's like, "But I write better stories and better soundtracks." Yeah. It's like fair. You said something about uh, digital upload self traumatizing. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Oh yeah. So as a sigh. when you so a big part of this is that Algae Rhythm uploads a bunch of people like scanning their physical self into the digital world removes all their atoms and you know which is sort of cool i like that idea that is incredibly traumatizing uh and and yeah like think of your entire existence being put in a computer and lebron james when that happens to him he's sort of shocked but then it happens to a bunch of other people and they're sort of like okay like whatever and there's a tv show called upload right now which talks about uploading your digital consciousness and it sort of deals with the 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 trauma of that and like the frustration of that and they didn't really explore that in any way it was sort yeah. of we're just going to do this thing And I, I hate if you're going to introduce a technology like let's talk about how that would affect you as a human as pe- people or as a organism that is very physically embodied and uh obsessed with our physicality and how that would affect us uh, both emotionally, spiritually And there was no exploration of that. It was sort of like let's digitize all these humans so that they're stands in a fucking, you know, hour basketball game, which was too fucking long. Yeah,
0: the basketball game was long as hell. There were some parts where I was. There were multiple fake outs of like, as an audience member, you're like, oh, is the game over now? You're like, oh, it's not. It's it's still going. Oh, what about now? They just dunked and and scored three hundred points and what? Oh, we're still going. Um, but other than that, like like the tweet said, this movie is for kids and it's bringing together two generations. It's just not for my 30-year-old ass. Uh, but all in all, I enjoyed it. Yeah. And with that being said, Ben, why don't you warp up the show?
1: In conclusion, watch Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. Don't try to get some deeper meaning about it. You know, enjoy it for what it is. And honestly, for the parents out there or the future parents out there, the kids out there... Let your kids be creative, imaginative, let them be loony. And for the kids out there, if your parents are saying, you know, be disciplined and shit, be like, sometimes you just got to be fucking ridiculous and loony. That's all I got to say, Amber.
0: Thanks, Ben. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Sci-Fi Side. Next week for episode 45, we have an interview. We interviewed Tanya Ransom, a horror writer and podcaster of The Nightlight Podcast, which features creepy tales written by Black authors. So be sure to check out that incredible interview and listen to some episodes of The Nightlight Podcast so you'll be ready for that. And we will see y'all next week for the show. Bye, y'all.